Hi, hello. Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLcast and at FTLcast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FTLcast. Today we're playing Lady Winter by Jim Pinto, game 48 in the Protocol series from Post World Games. For those of you who are new to this game and system, here are the basics. Lady Winter is a story role-playing game about the land of Fae and the mysteries of the unknown. As druids, Fae, Seed, witches, and all manner of creatures prepare for the arrival of Lady Winter, the sky grows dark and the air cold. Characters take on the role of community leaders charged with bringing gifts to Lady Winter, in the hope that she bestows kindness upon them. But Lady Winter is fickle and her temper unpredictable. Will she bring salvation, or will she toy with the land of myth until the thaw of spring? White as snow, cold as death, Lady Winter comes. Low to those who refuse to bow before the coming tempest. Thank you. Spooky. Mm. It's a spooky game. Spooky game. Uh, also, before we get too far away from it and too deep in, mm. is it not pronounced she? I don't know. I always, uh, it's sort of cedar. Like, I'm going to have to look it up now. Like, I thought it was like C. Like Seder. It may be. I yeah. This is one of those things where I've only ever seen it written down. Yeah, I think it's yep. pronounced she. It is pronounced she. My apologies. I am not reading it again. No worries. <laughs> uh yeah, it's you know, Gaelic. It's fucking yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's an amazing language, looks phenomenal. I can't mm-hmm. I don't know it. It's, yeah, it's the only language where you get Siobhan out of S I O B H A N. This is true. Which is love it's lovely. It's just mm-hmm. so hard to read when yeah. you're an Anglophone. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> uh, getting back to talking about the game. Um Welcome to the game. Yeah. Uh, Protocol, um, which is our first time playing it, uh, Protocol is a series of story role-playing games that thrusts characters into dramatic situations. Each game uses the same set of rules with vastly different parameters, start points, characters, and finales. Players take on the roles of directors outside the action and characters inside the action, using the ebb and flow of four different scene framing styles, vignettes, interrogations, interludes, and ensembles to tell meaningful stories about characters in crisis. I'm Jade, and you can find me on Twitter at JadeOxfordRose, and you can hear me on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, an Animorphs Forged of the Dark game, along with August and Kales, and some of our friends from the room where it happened. And my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, we have... Hello, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at Office and God. You can find the music I do, uh, as of this recording, have finally been uploaded at iambugbear.bandcamp.com. That name is going to mean something later. Uh, and my pronouns are he, him. Uh, hi, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at S-A-K-L-O, and you can maybe find my other stuff somewhere else. Just look on my Twitter, because I don't know what I'm going to have up as of when this comes out. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, also. <laughs> um, our lines, things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, and unwanted pregnancy. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that done, let's get started.
in We're it. We're in it. We've gotten started. All right. So. So we all have three drama points, which means shit. It's funny. I, the, between this and I was reading uh, Fantasy Craft a while back. These are like games that like me- mechanize a lot of the stuff that would like, you know, feels like is just like established uh, practice in like story mm. games, which is interesting to me. It's like people coming to the same conclusion with different methods. Yeah. Which is, I suppose, cool if uh, you're new to like these kinds of very RP uh, intense storytelling games. It's a uh, with everything mm-hmm. so mechanized like that. It's a uh, it it's it's helpful. So, uh-huh. um, all right. So in Lady Winter, we're taking on the roles of community leaders from the land of myth. Uh, each has been tasked with bringing gifts to Lady Winter in the hope that his or her gift will win the lady's favor. If she finds them deserving, she will spare them from from Winter's wrath. Otherwise, ominous ellipses. Um, the characters need <laughs> roles, names, motivations, and relationships, as well as an understanding of the world. Uh, once we've done that, we'll be ready to start play. Uh, the one thing that we've sort of figured out already is our names, our roles, and uh, we've come up with look, which isn't a prescriptive thing in this game, but I like to know, at least have a vibe for what people's characters look like. So if we want to maybe... Mm go through those and we can give the descriptions of the roles as well from the uh from the pdf or that and that i also dropped into the discord forever ago mm-hmm. uh, cool. do you want to start with your character uh no i'll mm-hmm. go last because i put myself at the bottom of the uh dock on purpose <laughs> fair enough well then that means that sam goes first all right I am playing a character that I feel like we're all playing characters that nobody's seen on the podcast before, except for Jade, who showed up briefly in season one. I am playing Neva Nanathari. Her role is elf, and her look is verdant, sylvan, and lithe. She's a plant elf. Can you read the description of elf given in the PDF? Yes. The role of the elf says, elf, not the same as she. An elf embodies grace and immortality, though lacks the raw power of Lady Winter. Mm-hmm. And, you're, so, and you're a plant I'm person. a plant person, yeah. You're a sylvan from Guild Wars. Silvari, but yeah. Silvari, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have come bearing gifts. My name is Kazdelian Hrothgar, King of All Goblins. Uh, my look is towering, regal, and hirsute. I am the bug bear. Uh, and my description uh, in the roles is thus. Recently crowned by the 13 great goblin tribes, the goblin king has the most to gain by earning Lady Winter's favor and the most to lose by earning her wrath. I'm a big, hairy bear man. Choice. Um... Uh, what were the pronouns actually for y'all's two characters, in case I missed them? My character's pronouns are she, her. Cool. Kazdelian's uh, gender is king. Legend. Valid. Um, so effectively he, him, but like he's a goblin, so like what the fuck, who cares? Mm-hmm. Goblins mm-hmm. don't care. They hoard them like <laughs> candy or gold. Um, and my character is Tala Sing- uh, Sigrain. Uh, uses they them pronouns, not the them, as I have written. They them. Uh, <laughs> their role is the druid, and their look is earthy, both in the palette, color palette sense, and in sort of the personality sense. 
uh, broad and weathered. And the role of the druid is humanity's main connection to the world of magic and the fae. Druids speak to the wild like no human can. The druid is forever tied to Father Autumn, the master of the hunt, the white stag, and the witch. None of whom are here in this game today. That's fine. I'll do stuff off screen. NPCs! <laughs> Love an NPC. Love an NPC. So that is our, there's our roles and our names. Oh, wait, you're directing. I am, but Sorry. I mean, uh, listening back to Icarus was fun because you and I were just like trading off rapid fire back and forth, describing how the game worked. It was, it was great. But the next thing we do uh, is we've got to define the gift that our characters have brought to Lady Winter, which are done by drawing cards. I'm going to quickly click on the deck and just shuffle it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I th uh, are we sure we do that yeah. now? Because on the list on page four, it says motivation, relationship, world building, and then start. Because th this list doesn't actually have No, I'm just on. rolling through the order in the text because it says roles, then gifts, then motivations. That's and Yeah, that's true. And I think it does do gifts first in the example. Yeah, so, so we'll do gifts. Um, the gift descriptions are purposely vague. There's, um, this is page four of the PDF. And basically, we have to come up with what they are, but we'll draw cards to give us a vague uh, idea of what that is. Uh, when we draw the cards, the suit of the card determines, like, uh, the, like, kind of category, and then the, uh, the value of the card, ace through king, or joker in our case, effect, determines what it's, like, made of, or, like, what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, the little flavor text here is, uh, Lady Winter is fickle. No one knows what she will want. The gifts she has offered each year are as varied as they are, uh, quixotic or chaotic, depending on. I'm not quite sure on that one. I have a character called Kyoti, but I've heard it pronounced quixotic as well. Um, but each guest mm -hmm. needs something from her, not just to be free from the pain of a winter storm, but also some prize that no one else can grant. This gift is your people's attempt to garner her favor. But what is it that you have brought? Uh, so we'll all, I think you can, everyone can draw cards. Yes, we should be able to draw. I'm going to shuffle it one last time for luck. And then we each draw a card. Once all cards are done, they get kept, by the way. They do not go back into the deck. So we can always just do a, keep them in our hand. Or we can just do a little, three little piles at the bottom. So we know which cards have been played. I'm going to keep a pile just for fun. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to just draw in order? Yeah. Well, there goes. Yep. Sam. Um, how about you draw one next, Zach, and then I'll draw one, and then Sam, you, then me again, just okay. for funsies. Do we reveal what our card is? Yes, because we're because we're we're telling each other what the gifts are. Uh -huh. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you can drop it onto the table as you wish, Sam, and then we can uh, explain what card we got, and then we get to talk about what these gifts look like. Okay. Mm -hmm. So drop mine over my own. Oh, this one's mine, I guess. Yes. I like that we all got different suits and numbers. Well shuffled, roll twenty. Um, yeah. So, so Sam, you you drew first. So, so I got the two of diamonds, which is something silver and lavish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very sexy. Sure. So, what? 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 Op opulent or lavish silver gift did the elves bring? Oh, I thought we were doing that a after everybody drew. We were describing what they were. We did. I mean, we we have all. Oh, drawn. I mean, like after everybody described what they have. Okay. Um, I brought 
a beautifully crafted silver chalice that is perfectly tooled little flowers and leaves carved into its surface. It is a masterwork of elven craft. Wow. So I drew the Ace of Clubs, which means my gift is simple and made of gold. Uh, and what I think that is, is a single gold coin minted uh, with a, like a goblin's face pressed into it, but like a very simple one. That is the very first coin minted by my kingdom. Ooh, nice. Uh, I drew the Six of Hearts, which is handcrafted and functional. Just my luck. Um, and what this is, is, and I think getting it here was a, was a treat, but it is a sledge, like the kind to be drawn by an animal, like with proper like runners, very sort of white witch of Narnia. I won't lie, but, um, it's with lots of different kinds of wood from different forests and it was all brought together and uh, druid artisans uh, constructed it and we brought it here. Very cool. So those are our gifts. Um, our next thing that we got to figure out is the motivations of our characters. Um, again, this will be by drawing one random card. And again, it's vague descriptions that we then get to figure out. Motivations are not goals, um, and do not confuse them with needs or goals. The goal is defined by the story. What motivates a character is an extension of the character's role within the story. You can be motivated by pride to save another character from herself, but your goal cannot be pride. A motivation may also be a hindrance as much of a benefit. Being confidently driven by your illness doesn't stop you from coughing at the wrong moment or help you keep up with everyone. Uh, cool. So everyone grabs another card. Everyone grabs another card. Uh, Sam draws first. Okay. Uh, drawing another card. Ah, uh, cool. Okay, mm. so we all drew different suits again. Uh, mo two of us drew the same suit as before. Oh, yeah. Huh. Amazing. All right. Oh, I get to go first again. Mm -hmm. My card is the Seven of Diamonds, which means that for diamonds, my motivation is noble or nobly. And my value, seven, is respect. So I guess... You hold a noble respect for, uh, for the Queen of Winter. I sure do. Well, I really like how it's got this bit of flavor text uh, uh, about how interpreting the motivations can be perplexing. Like, what exactly does it mean to be motivated by legacy or nobly, even? What is the character trying to get away from? As always, values are prompts to spark the imagination. They're not limitations. So... Uh, so I drew the Four of Spades, uh, which is, uh, I come here impulsively out of pride, uh, which I, th I think means that the goblins have just crowned their king after generations without one and are, and are very ready to get into the, like, the world of, uh, mythological politics. <laughs> And I drew the Jack of Hearts, uh, which is uh, righteously and chaos. So you know, that's, that's a, fun. That's a druid. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yep. And I think 
Because a lot of the time when I think about druids, I also think about the natural order of things. So it's one of those fun things. But every druid I've ever played ever has been inherently chaotic, as is as is the way. Because while nature has rules, it's also inherently chaotic. And I feel maybe that's what this is a part of. It's to maintain that as the role of druids is to do so. Winter may come as it as it its way, but nature must be allowed to run riotous as it always does it cannot be prohibited so maybe that's that's i like that to make sure that winter doesn't suppress the innate chaos so Mm -hmm. i'm resisting the urge to yell righteous because righteous (laughs) righteous (laughs) um hell yeah i love it okay next step is relationships. And I actually had an idea for this. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it says each player selects one pair of characters to have a relationship and uh, draws their card to determine how that relationship goes. What if we each de- uh, drew a card to determine the relationship between the other two characters? Yes, good. I do like that. Here for it. That's a cool idea. We also have the option, if we wanted to, to at this point, we can start spending drama points. Um, you can add a third character to a relationship by spending a drama point. You can make a drawn relationship between a character and an NPC, or you can create a relationship between two characters who have been in a scene together. Well, that's once play has started. Yes, and, the, and you don't draw a card for those. That's defined by the context of the scene already played, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so same. All right, so... I'm drawing a card to figure out the relationship between Tala and Kazdelian. Kazdelian. Kazdelian Rothgar. Okay. Um, we got the Queen of Hearts. I don't know where to put this now. Queen of Hearts. Uh, compassionate romantic. Fuck Hell yeah. yeah. Very fun. Where do I put this card now? Uh, good question. Let's just throw it over here because we're gonna we're gonna let, put this on our um on our thing. Okay. So what is what is a compassionate and romantic relationship between uh, a druid and a goblin king? Mm-hmm. Look, I Jade am delighted because I think bugbears are fucking rad. So yeah, for sure. Well, the thing about uh, Talor is I'm imagining them um a little older, like they've got some silver gray in their hair uh for people that may remember tallow i played when we did the quiet year and uh, not the quiet year uh the sundered land and mm-hmm. tra- uh they traveled with sable and marius to the city of gulls but they have not been since since um, but Ooh. they were like 18 then i think this is a different universe obviously but this is a much older i'm imagining like 50s mm-hmm. kind of a vibe so long black hair scubbing silver spent a lot mm-hmm. of time outdoors uh, we could it could be we could do uh, romantic in the literature uh, the lit- uh, the the literature sense literary sense which is a celebration mm-hmm. of nature and the common man mm-hmm. uh, according to this website that I found <laughs> uh-huh. which I don't know just giving us all our options um, mm-hmm. not the concept of love but uh, the love of the world um, sure we certainly could share or we could just be like. Hey. Hey. <laughs> can do that. Or it can be if 
you didn't want to do that. It could be like a past romantic relationship, and now you know he's busy being king mm-hmm. and all that jazz. Yeah, that's also true. I'm a king. You're a druid. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> uh. <sighs> <laughs> that was a good uh. sigh, Sam. <sighs> <laughs> but the, the important thing is that is that it's, it's it remains compassionate. Yeah, and I think that there could still be feelings there, but it's like mm-hmm. we have jobs to do as leaders of our community. Mm-hmm. So, old, like, old oh well, flames. yeah, like old flames kind of vibe. Uh, still warm, but we have other obligations now. I like that a lot. Uh, and it's not like any either of us like resents the other for it. Oh, sure, no, no, no. Cool. That's always fun. I love history. I love having mm-hmm. history. That's the thing that I love uh, about apocalypse worlds is mm-hmm. that the um, the bonds are not bonds. They're they're called HX, which is, is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's less it's less about like being close to someone and more about knowing them well. Mm-hmm. Um, Good shit. Yeah, very good shit. Uh, very cool. Uh, okay, so I will now draw a card to determine uh, Tala's uh, relationship with Miva. Uh, and that relationship is the Seven of Hearts. Also romantic, but psychophantic. Oof. That's interesting. Mm. Who is this? Who's the sycophant? I need to... Please, please define the word sycophant, because I feel like I should know what this means, but I do not. It's not generally positive in my... No, a uh, sycophant is a person who acts, acts uh, obsequiously towards someone important in order to gain advantage. Interesting. Like toady, or fawner, or flatterer. Like, that, like, Grima worm tongue kind of Ooh. is sycophantic. Yeah, well, specifically to Eowyn. Mm. Uh, though I guess yeah. he's also, like, because he's, like, more just, he's just, yeah, he's, like, nakedly manipulative to... to uh, yeah. A sycophant denotes an insincere flatterer. Interesting. So. I don't know. Mm. I feel like. In a romantic sense as well. Yeah. I feel like Neva's not really the type to be, like, insincere in order to gain an advantage. Mm hmm. Sure. I mean, it could also be, like, it, in, interpreted as such, even if it isn't, isn't like, intended as mm. such. That's interesting, too. You know, because we all we all live not only in our our own heads, but in the heads of everyone who we meet. Yeah, true. Interesting. This is interesting. I like this a lot because it makes you like you can't have like something super strong, like solid, Mm -hmm. when you come in. You have to like bow to the cards. Yeah. Okay, Sam. Pitch. I don't know if it's a current relationship. Could be. That's always funny. What if they both know that they want something from the other one? Like they're kind of, there's an advantage to for both of them to pursue in pursuing this relationship. What is the advantage? As a thought, I mean, I'm I'm open to other pitches. I'm looking at um because the druid has got as per the role has got these ties to like lots of other people. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. In the way that the elf doesn't. Oh yeah, I actually like that a lot. But then it's so like. I suppose it's like um a polit like a political play. Like if mm-hmm. you can get in with the druids, 
you're in with Father Autumn, you're in with the Master of the Hunt and the White Stag. Like, it's true, yeah. Like You get in good. with the Druids, you're in with everybody. And of course, the elves are diminishing in the West. <laughs> as they always are. As they always are. Um, I like this. And maybe... And maybe, like, I'm off. Like, it says look, the elves lack the raw power, but not that they are powerless. Mm-hmm. You're a plant person, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, winter's not a, not a great thing for me. Winter's a little bit of a bad time for the elves, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Well, it's when, you, it's when your, you know, your leaves fall off and you, you go, you, you hibernate or whatever. Yep. <laughs> Something. Um... So do we like that? Like, we both want something from each other. I'm interested to see what you want. Like, there could be genuine yeah. there could be genuine warmth there, but it's also just, like, both of us know. Again, this comes back to the being an older thing. She's like, both of us know that the other one wants something. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very, it's a, like a charged, transactional kind of mm. relationship. Yeah. like it. Cool. Cool. I'm glad we picked this game. It's a good game. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So now, once you're done writing all that stuff in, uh, now I believe um, Jade is going to draw for Kizdelian and Neva. Mm-hmm. If I draw a heart as well, I am probably going to fall off my chair and laugh. Just mm-hmm. saying. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. I somehow missed the romantic part of the R's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes! Uh, for our dear listeners, I drew the King of Hearts, <laughs> uh, which, as you have learned, is romantic, dear listeners. Uh, but the king represents dominion. Oh boy! Well, I am the king. It's good to be king. What if I'm? What if it's? What if it's trying to be like a? Hey, we should get married so that the goblins and the elves can can be an out. Al- oh, I love it. That's good. Like I'm, I'm like I'm courting you, uh, to to create like a stronger, like nation. I love it. That's very good. This love triangle that we have <laughs> created entirely by drawing cards. It's that's the that's the heart of the cards. <laughs> um, Shut up. The cards knew what it wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't even a pun. I was just I'm making a Yu-Gi-Oh. Joke. I know you were making a Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> joke. That's why I said Shut up. It's time to date. Oh dear. Okay, so we've established our relationships. Amazing. Nobody needed to draw a spend a drama point to basically entwine these relationships with a third character. It just happened that way. Amazing. Uh, so the next step is world building. We got a list of questions in the doc, uh, also in the PDF. Um, so what was what was Miva's uh, she. Yeah. she. Look, every time I read where you have phrased it specifically as Goblin King, I just have Goblin King, Goblin King, take this child far away from me because I was born in the eighties and I will forever be labyrinth loving trash. Yes, uh, imagine that. Except he's like a huge muscular bear. It's better, <laughs> yeah. quite frankly. Um, he's also the king of all goblins. Is the the tribes of the mountains and the forests, the plains and the taiga, goblins and hobgoblins and bugbears alike, all stand beneath my reign. Um, yeah, that's that. That's the Goblin King. 
Uh, kick ass. <sighs> okay. Uh, world building. World, world building. building. We have a list of questions. Each of us get to pick two to answer. I think you just you're just answering them for yourself. Okay. Uh-huh. And we'll also need to decide what order the characters arrived at the Red Court and why that's important. Um, there are a couple of optional rules here, if we liked them. Uh, you can roll, or uh, rather than draw cards, to pick which questions you ask if you didn't have a strong feeling about uh, about them. Or uh, we can pick questions for each other to answer. It says one player chooses a question for the player to their left. Uh, I I think I think it would be fun if we because it's two Ooh. we each do two so if we each pick one and then pick one for someone else love, love it. it let's do it all right oh god it's me first okay um it is and then probably the, you'll pick one for Jade and then Jade pick one for me and then I'll pick one for you yes I'm just reading the questions again sorry mm-hmm. no you're good I'm just gonna roll down to them hmm. I'm going to quickly rattle through these questions for our listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so, um, why is it what you, why is it what you seek from Lady Winter? No, I was right the first time. Why is what you seek from Lady Winter more important than what the others seek? What would you be willing to sacrifice to earn Lady Winter's favor? Uh, question two, who among you is constantly under guard by soldiers of the Red Court? Who are you being protected from or are they being protected from you? Uh, question three, why were you appointed as an envoy for your people? What do they expect from you? What happens if you fail? Four, who among you is most likely to earn Lady Winter's favor? Who will surely be cursed? Five, why do you regret your gift? What do you wish you'd brought instead? Six, who among you is not normally allowed inside the Red Court and why? And number seven, is narrator vignette about the last time Lady Winter visited? Question eight, name and describe your personal bodyguard or escort. Define your relationship to them. Nine is name and describe the jester of the Red Court. Define your relationship to them. And number 10, name and describe a herald of Lady Winter. What makes them unique? Nice. Yeah, uh, this this text uses he or she a lot, and we can just say them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. No offense, uh, death of the author and all that jazz. Um, yeah. It's significantly quicker to say they. Yeah, they probably thought they were being you know inclusive, uh, but you know how, how some people how it be? don't mm-hmm. don't like. Yeah. Yep. Some uh, people are incorrectly still thinking that the singular they is incorrect. Mm-hmm. They are incorrect. They are incorrect. Um. I am going to say the question, the first question that I'm answering is, why do you regret your gift? What do you wish you brought instead? And I regret my gift because the other gifts seem more heartfelt. They seem more, they seem like they're, they're coming from a more personal place than we commissioned the best artisan in our community to make the coolest looking thing possible for uh Lady Winter. And so that makes Neva a little worried that maybe her gift is going to be rejected because it's not heartfelt enough. And I wish I'd, you know, brought something a little bit more personal. Alrighty. Okay. I'm going to type that answer in now. And... Do I pick another question for somebody else to pick to answer now, or uh, let's let's yeah, let's go in a yeah. round and then perfect. Then, then yeah. 
Um, Casdelian. Casdelian. Who among you is normally not allowed inside the Red Court? Me. Why? Because uh, the Red Court is a is a gathering of community leaders, and until very recently, the thirteen tribes of goblins were considered desperate enough to not be a community. They didn't have a, a singular leader, and you couldn't just have thirteen goblin lords running amok. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the first time in generations that we've had a, a seat at this table. Nice. Uh, because of my great kingly might in being able to uh, <laughs> get these 13 tribes uh, united behind me. Dope. I'm going to quickly, before I answer the question, I'm going to quickly say, I assume that uh, from the way it's written that all the other roles uh, described are present in this, which gives us a whole list of NPCs effectively to work with. You, you're still here with Father Autumn and the Master of the Hunt and the White Stag and the Witch and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. For what it's worth, I was looking at what other uh, humans, human roles there are in the list. I think, yeah, there's like the the witch is implied to be human. Yeah. Or the druid is, and then the knight of the realm. Mm-hmm. And maybe the master of the hunt, but that could easily be... Ma- yeah, the master of the hunt I, is like... That's like a... An elf man. That's that's uh, normally wh- some kind of god or elf. That's that or, motherfucker yeah. from Morrowind. <laughs> I thought of <laughs> to give him his official his official title. <laughs> that motherfucker from Morrowind. I thought of uh, Warren yeah. from the Tamora Pierce's uh, Immortals series. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Love that. Uh, that 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 those are the uh, Tamora Pierce books I have read. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so. Is the Immortal series? I love Tomorrow Pierce very much. Hmm. I want to write a game based on some of her settings someday. There's also the Half Beast, which might have hmm. some human side to it, because yeah. one of the one of the suggestions of the Half Beast is a werewolf, which that's like a part human, hmm. shunned by the Fae. So probably would, the Druid would probably be the one who would have the connection to them. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm going to do name and describe your personal bodyguards slash escort and define your relationship to them. So, I do need a name. Is this another druid or like a ranger? Yes, that's definitely the vibe I'm going for. To use the parlance of the The world's most famous role-playing game. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm going to use a name that I know is mine. And that I've had a character with this name that I haven't used in forever. So this is Tiamir Sigrain, and it is one of, uh, he is one of, uh, Tala's children. <gasps> so, because, kill. yeah. I think this is somebody like, in, he's in his thirties. So, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, early thirties, taller, as taller than Tala, which is saying something because they aren't short. They're probably like more than six feet tall themselves. And he is like probably six, 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 seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, and as broad as they are, like very much, uh, barrel chested, carries a bow and arrow, 
I'm just trying not to just I'm trying not to just describe Throndir. So apologies <laughs> if I veer off down that corridor, uh-huh. but the yeah, same the, sort of the big elf. <laughs> yeah. Um no uh probably seems human. Like there is nothing about his appearance that would suggest anything other than human. Uh, but the same sort of uh almost blue black hair of uh his parent. The same sort of uh light tan skin. But clearly somebody spends a lot of time outdoors. Uh the hair is long and uh worn back in a braid. So and uh yeah. Uh dark eyes like his parent. Nice. So Sam you do a question for Zachary. Yes. Um my question for Kazdalian is mm-hmm. Who among you is constantly under guard by soldiers of the Red Court? Who are you being protected from, or are they being protected from you? Hmm. Good question. Um, I wonder who, if there's someone that we don't like, or who doesn't Hmm. like us. Um, do we have, the the, the, the tribe, the goblin tribes have an enemy, specific enemy. Hmm. Maybe it's the Knight of the Realm. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Uh, who's like, what are you doing? These are goblins. Goblins are monsters. Yes, good. And the, and so it's like, he is under guard to make sure he doesn't pull a sword and, and start chopping. Uh, and I'm like, if you let him at me, I'm gonna put him down. <laughs> So, just bear that in mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he'll maybe get one punch in and that's it for him. <laughs> well, he's got a sword, so he'll probably hurt us. But, you know. But, yeah, I'm a big dude. Yeah, like, that's one of the things where you want to make it count if you're going to try it. Yeah. You're going to hit me with that bat? Better make it hurt? You better kill me a little <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes. Uh, keep him from exercising his perceived nightly duty to uh, cleanse the of monsters like the goblins. <sighs> this guy sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put this down on the second page so it's not Good chap. Uh, cool. Okay, so I am asking now a question. Um, and I'm asking that question of... Tala. Tala. Okay. Uh, cool. Why were you appointed as the envoy of your people? What do they expect from you, and what happens if you fail? Amusingly enough, that was one of the questions I was thinking of, I was debating about answering. Um, for my own, so doesn't mean I got an answer for it right this second. Hmm. Tala, I think, was appointed as envoy um, because they've been to the Red Court before. Mm-hmm. As I think they were an escort for a previous druid years. Maybe not. Maybe they did it a lot. Yeah, no, they did it a lot in their younger years, and now they're a community leader and the old druid envoy uh just has died 
And while there are possibly people more senior, Tala has like the experience of being in this place and being at this event to uh, to bring to the table. So I'm expected to, you know, con- successfully continue on the role of my predecessor. I suppose it's put in a good show for humanity, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, please don't embarrass us. <laughs> but I spe- it, because it's that um, handle that passing of the torch, and it's the, my first time doing it at, in this official capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like this is like for going on for a new generation, and this is going to probably mark druid relations with the other community leaders. So if I fail. It's going to like tarnish my position within my own communities and put the druids in bad stead with the others. So it's both personal and sort of, it's about the micro and the macro thing. Mm. So. Very cool. All right. Um, I will write out the full answer for that in a sec. Okay. Neva. Because I like getting NPCs on the table. Uh, name and describe the jester of the Red Court and define your relationship with them. Or to them. Interesting. Okay. So, a jester of the Red Court. I'm trying to decide between making a goof that maybe, like, four people will find funny and, like, introducing yeah. a real NPC. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm just having a lot of time coming up with a jester character. Mm-hmm. Jellicot bounce bounce. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to delete out the questions that we didn't answer. As we don't Since the only thing that I can come up with is a goof that maybe four people will find funny, I guess this is what I'm going with. Um, Chase your bliss. Be on your bullshit. So I'm going to say that the jester of the Red Court is a sort of young-ish goblin by the name of Fjuk. Fjuk. So here comes the things where you have to explain oh, the joke. No. <laughs> Do I, though? Yeah, I don't know what that, I don't, I yep. don't know what that means. I, I would like to understand. It just sounds like a swear it word. It does a little bit sound like <laughs> the word fuck, but um, I'm going to say that this is a goblin with a with a even younger family at home. I say young-ish, he's, you know, mid, mid equivalent, mid twenties. Um, and the, the joke honestly is it's a reference to the first Dungeons and Dragons game I ever played in. We were playing Lost Minds of Phandelver and the Ooh, first goblin we killed, we decided to loot its corpse. And it was a goblin named Fajak and it, on this goblin, there was a, sm- a drawing clearly done by like a child of my family. Um, and it was, cl- and it clearly had label, had Fajuk labeled. And one of our other characters in this campaign spent the rest of our two year campaign dedicating his life to, re- to, to reviving Fajuk and returning him to his family. Wow. <laughs> so I have now revived him for you. Rook, I hope you're thankful. Do we have to call him Fajuk? Do we have to call him Fajuk? No, we don't. We can give, give him a different name if you want to. The name was the only bit of the joke mm-hmm. there. We could just like be like, oh, it's a goblin who is part of the court. That's one of my it's guys. one of your guys. He's a goblin. Of the one, uh, it's mm-hmm. part of the court of the one who's courting me. 
Well, no, he's the jester of the Red Court. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I am not a part of. The Red Court is... Maybe he was, like, as a as a token of, like, trust to the Red Court, you, you, you offered them one of your own as a jester. I don't think so, because I'm a very new king, and I'm sure that they've had this gesture for a, at least okay, a Okay, so cut all that stuff out that I said before. Let's come up with something together, then, because I don't have anything else. I... Okay, here's it. I mean, Maybe I mean, he can be a goblin. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying that I don't, his appointment was not had nothing to do with it. Okay. I mean, maybe this is a goblin that could have wandered and been found, and then just like, okay, you can be our jester or you die, um, mm-hmm. or could have been because the red court, as per the text, um, the the white and black courts were abolished, mm-hmm. like were dismantled. The red court is what's left, and they're neutral. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're we're li- we're living in a post sealy unsealy world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Society has progressed past the need for sealy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe a young goblin who was. Uh, how do we feel about what I've put down here now? Oh, that's good. I love that yeah. relationship. That's a good one. All right. So I have put down for the question of name and describe the jester of the red court and define my relationship to him or her um oh shit now they still need a name because we've decided fajuk is too funny uh fyodor fyodor yeah fyodor it's a russian name it's not spelled like that fyodor i'll do it fuck you (laughs) (laughs) okay okay fair enough fyodor um so fyodor a young goblin who was adopted into the previous black court and then came into the red court from the abolishment Neva befriended him to try to learn more about goblins so that she could prepare herself for her future marriage. Unfortunately, he doesn't really know much about goblins because he doesn't, he's not actually from the goblin, like, homeland. He's not from, he's not one, a member of the 13 clans. He was, of course, uh, one of Oberon's vassals and now Oberon, you know, dead in, dead in the, in the square. <laughs> All right. Guillotine that motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, the last thing we need to establish is the order we arrived at the Red Court for this occasion, this event. Um, and why is that important? Yes. Good. And that's a good question. I don't know why it's important, but it must be important. I've got, a, I've got a pitch to you, Zach. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Kazdelia needs to either arrive first or last because he's trying to make an impression. Yeah. I I agree with with that. And I'm cuz we so, so we're entering we're coming to the court out of impulsive pride. And I don't mm. know if that means cuz impulsive me to me says first, but pride to mm. me says last. So is truly a coin flip as to whether or not he uh I will he will show up last. Uh so that all eyes can be on him. Alrighty. Uh, what about uh, Tala and uh, Miva? Any strong thoughts? I think Miva arrives first. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps she was like already on her way in, like before the court was called. Mm-hmm. How can you hope to defeat me when I'm already here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. <laughs> 
I'm just thinking about the fact that Neva as a character in her original iteration is from, of course, a video game. So she's voiced by, uh, shit, what's her name? Laura Bailey. Um, Not Laura Bailey. Jennifer Hale. (laughs) Yeah, it's Jennifer Hale, actually. Um, (laughs) Amazing. It's like trying to remember. There's, there is like, there's two actresses and five actors that you can pretty handily guess and usually get it right. And most of them are on critical role. That's true. That is extremely fair. Uh, cool. Uh, uh, why was it important for her to be there first? Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe because she wanted to present herself to the court as like a worthy, like as as like maybe she's new to the court scene, but she wanted to present herself to the court as you know as a representative of her people when she has not yet been like seen as one. Mm. All right. Oh, what if you, what if you got here first because you got here before the real envoy? Oh, that's good. I love that. I love it. That's amazing. And like they, the other envoy shows up and just like, you know, the envoy for the elves is already here. Yeah. Turns them away. Fuck off. Like, what do you what do you mean? I'm the envoy. I was like, she's the one who had the silver cup. So I don't know. It's, it's like she was the bo- she was the delivery person. Uh, probably, I love that, probably, actually. probably not that that unimportant. But yeah, that that just the idea that just struck me. That's a really good idea. But given that we've established that her relation, what her relationships are with Kazdelian and Taller as well, it's just like she's a bit of a social climber. Yeah, it you could know. well it could or it could be that she is like an important person who's not supposed to be involved in this. Like, mm. oh, we'll send a diplomat, not the princess or something. I like that. Mm. Uh or it's like, well no, I'm gonna go and do this. It's like, well no, peace out. And and that would explain why I'm trying to marry you. Yep. So yeah, if you like that then I love that. I Take love it. that, yeah. Alright. Um, and, uh, for Tala, it was very much an effort to arrive right in the middle between all the envoys for the other delegations, because it's about not drawing attention. It's about taking in surroundings and it's not fully about anonymity, but it's about drawing the least amount of attention possible. So to seem as much a part of things as they can. Oh yeah, yeah. You're just right there. Uh, fantastic. Well, then I think I think it's time for the opening scene. All right. Um, and I quickly go over drama points. Uh, so we're all clear on how those work, and then we're gonna do the opening scene, and uh, that is a randomly determined player gets to narrate that. But it, um, we'll get to that in a sec. Drama points are used to control the narration and finale. In addition, players may use drama points in any way that breaks the rules, and for each scene type there is, it gives examples on how to use them. They are tools for dramatic escalation, interrupting the action, and general authoritative control. There are a few rules for spending drama points, but some examples include the director can spend a drama point to discard a scene or location card and draw a new one. If the card drawn is a scene card of the same suit or value, the director can draw a new one with no cost, no additional cost, but only once. 
the director can spend a drama point to change the suit of a scene card to any other suit, but the value isn't allowed to change. And if a scene ends with unresolved conflict, any player can spend a drama point to shift the conflict to an NPC who has already made an appearance in the story or spend two drama points to shift the conflict to a new NPC. (laughs) Just like, it wasn't me, boss. It was the other. (laughs) It was the other envoy. Mm -hmm. Um, The NPCs can be created by the director um, during any non-vignette scene. And all the scene types have their own kinds of NPC usage. Uh, if you are not the director, you can spend a drama point to create an NPC in a scene uh, following the same rules. Uh, and we can just keep track of those uh, as and when. And you might be hearing the word director and thinking, director? That sounds like GM. <laughs> no. Uh, it's a hat and we all pass it around and we all get to be the director. So this is still mm-hmm. a GMless game. Oh, fun detail of whoever adds the NPC to the scene gets to play the character in the scene as well, which oh, is a fun. which is a fun rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that. Okay, uh, so we got a roll to see who is narrating this opening vignette. You could draw for the lo. Oh no, it specifies that the location is the in the heart of the Red Court, and the focus is either gifts or trepidation. But that is up to the director of the scene. So I'm going to roll a d3 and roll 20. Uh, one, Sam, two, Zachary, three, me. Sure. All right. Sam, it is. God damn it. <laughs> uh, vignette is narration only, if that makes you feel any better. Okay. <laughs> uh, there is an example in the text. So um, after this vignette, we will all do four scenes and we will... The kind of scene will all be drawn by, uh, there are really good, well-written prompts. We've got handouts for that. So we'll be drawing a card or the director will draw a card every time for the location and for the scene oh, type. Shit. You may, you put this in, in World 20. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. I had time. You had time. I had the time. So, yeah. So this is the, 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 the uh, this is a vignette. It sets the atmosphere of the story. All right. I'm just reading the example one. That's fun. I was also reading the example that's, one. That's getting dra- that gets some drama going. Um, the advice given in the text, um, the opening scene sets the proper tone. From here, the other players get a sense of where the story might lead. Pulling together as many well-building threads as possible ensures that things won't be forgotten once the game is underway. The opening scene is about providing pathways to plot threads and not closing the door on ideas. It doesn't have any dialogue, but any number of NPCs can colour the background. Since the opening scene can be about anything or anyone, this is an opportunity to show the audience what is going on elsewhere in the story. Um, and players, we can... Uh, so in this case, this would be uh, Zach and I in the opening scene. Uh, we can spend a drama point to add a minor detail or uh, affectation to the scene, though we can't contradict anything that Sam says as the director, mm-hmm. or we can add an NPC to the opening scene, uh, giving them a minor detail. Very cool. This is a lot of pressure, but I got it. Mm. I got this. Come on. You're the one who's like, please, guys, let's do fantasy. Let's do Fae. Yeah, to clarify, Sam picked this game. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I did so pick I- this game. <laughs> Look, I'm always a slut for fantasy. I feel you getting the opening scene is is good. I feel mm-hmm. like that is right is and as it should be in this case. Ugh. All right. So the opening scene finds us in a lavish masquerade ball. Everybody is wearing 
the most beautiful masks and the most beautiful outfits that they can find. People are arriving. This is their first, it's their first experience. It's everybody else's first experience of themselves. Everybody is presenting themselves to the court here for the first time in this elaborate masquerade ball. Everybody's masks are, are cut in such a way that you can still tell who they are, even though there's a veneer of unknowing before them. Um, first into the ballroom is Miva. She is flitting around, making small talk, smiling demurely. Father Autumn is sitting in his throne at the, at the head of this whole room. He is very, no, he's austere. He's calm. He's watching over the whole, the whole show. There are centaurs and satyrs generally scattered around the building. Many people are, you know, gathered and they're, they're talking, they're chatting, but they're all sort of reserved. They're all keeping their, their distance a little bit emotionally. There are people who are serving. There are a surprising number of goblins in servitude here, but not because they're like being forced into servitude, but because of the wars that brought the king to his power, orphaned many. And in the middle of the feast, Tala arrives. Not much fanfare. Their name is announced. They enter. Nobody really turns to look. Nobody really talks to them. But that's why they came in in the middle. And near the end of the night, when the ball is beginning to wind to a close, is when Kazdalian makes his grand entrance. Uh, yes, I am going to spend a, fa uh, a drama point uh, mm -hmm. to add a, a piece of uh, a minor detail. Mm -hmm. uh, which is that Kazdalian arrives in a wild carriage drawn by two gigantic badgers, which I don't know what everyone else came in, but badgers are pretty, pretty too, dope. Pretty dope. Fry badgers. Mm-hmm. Dire badgers. Um, <laughs> and his carriage is very cool. And his mask is very cool. <laughs> Uh, and he's got a big cape of black feathers. Very cool and sexy. Neva is impressed. Cool. Dig it. I'm not spending any drama points to add anything. <laughs> All right. Are there any uh, dramatic notes that happen? I know you said uh, you cut out a little bit from your head. Is it the Knight of the Realm there, sort of under guard? I think I heard you saying that. I believe, yeah. Which was I, cool. I believe that was something that we talked about in the... World building, so I, I think I yeah yeah. So all, all this, I mean, I'm sure all the stuff you said before is still true. Mm. Yes, the elves look a little bit confused that Miva is here, but are <laughs> being very, very you know neat and tidy about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a masquerade. That's a lot of fun. Everybody's wearing fancy clothes. Everybody's wearing fancy clothes. And, well, I guess it's almost over. I got. I guess I got here that late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're making it you're making an entrance i am making an entrance cool yeah. so uh, so before mm -hmm. that, uh was it gifts or trepidation that you were invoking 
uh, Sam? Or do you want to invoke that now with a vibe? Because mm-hmm. um, that was the thing that you've got to establish. I think the vibe is kind of like trepidation. Like things are a little bit on edge. That's cool. Is that because people are in masks to begin with, or is that just heightening what's already there? Just the nature of the occasion. I think kind of both. I think it is heightening what are, what's already there, but I think that because everybody's wearing masks, it is heightening what's already there. Mm. Cool. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so. All right. Uh, cool. So, that was the... So, people just kind of worried uh, as, we, as we enter. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Winter is coming. <laughs> Frost shepherds are on their way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lady Winter's coming. All that jazz. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!